What is up, Bills Mafia, Bills fam? How you guys doing? How are you doing? We are inside of 14 days until the the first Buffalo Bills football game against the New York Jets, and I am just unbelievably excited and beaming with anticipation. I can't even begin to tell you how absolutely ready I am for the regular season, for this 2020 season that, goodness gracious, we all thought had a great chance of not happening. And, and I'll be honest with you, we're still not in the green completely. There are still some like some realistic scenarios where it might not happen or might get canceled. And I pray that it's not within the, within the first two weeks. And I'll be honest with you, I pray that even after it begins that it's it's not after the season starts either. So we're all hoping for a good result. But we are literally within inside. I didn't think we were going to get here inside 14 days inside of two weeks before the Buffalo Bills' first game of the 2020 season against the New York Jets. And what a game that'll be. And by that, I mean what a game it'll be for us and probably not for the Jets. (laughs) I think we're all pretty much in agreement with that one. Uh, The Jets, there's been nothing good coming out of camp for the Jets as as far as reports and just their offense and their defense looks bad. And, and uh, you know what, we'll get into that in a second. First, first and foremost, you're supposed to start every single show with who you are, what you're listening to and all that good stuff. So this is what we'll do. Welcome into the overreaction podcast. My name is Joe Miller. Uh, I am your host. I'm the voice of the overreaction podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. The Overreaction Podcast is brought to you by The Market Dominator. Who is The Market Dominator, you ask? The Market Dominator is my buddy, John Spascheck. John Spascheck is a real estate broker here in Western New York, but never fear. If you are outside of the Western New York area, maybe even out of state, John can still help you. He is an expert. I think I shared something on my Facebook, uh, both on my personal one as well as on the Overreaction Facebook page, that John was just voted like the number one agent in like Western New York or Buffalo or something, some accolades that he just got. But he works for Keller Williams. You can reach him, 716-570-3298, 716-570-3298. You can also email him at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. And guess what? He is also on Twitter. So if you want to just tweet him, slide into his DMs. If you got a house to sell or you're looking to buy a house, you want to call John. And I got a story for you just in regards to John coming up. So there, we got all the nonsense out of the way. And by nonsense, I mean like who I am and where you can find me and all that stupid stuff. Because the reality is... I'm, I'm glad you're here uh, just just because of the fact that so many times, you know, I say it often. I don't know why you guys listen to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm just a fan. I'm just I'm just one of you guys. And I, I you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate the love. I appreciate uh, I say it all the time. And I think I say it a lot because, you know, I want you guys to know how much I appreciate the support and just the the recommendations that you give to your friends. And on that point, like I had a great show. A great show last week on Tuesday with Pat Moran. If you're not following Pat Moran and listening to his podcast, you should. Uh, it's the it's the Talking Buffalo podcast. You can find him uh, on Twitter at at Pat Moran tweets. And here's the thing: that was just it was just. If you're looking, I would just recommend that all you will listen to all of his podcasts. But go back and find that. And there's a there, we were talking about podcasting in general, and we were talking about the grind and how hard it is, and the fact that like you know. Even though, you know, people tell you that, you know, you should start a podcast. Hey, you know a lot about football or you know know a lot about this. And you got a kind of a really good voice and it's probably good for the radio. You, sh- you should do this or blah, blah, blah. And then you do it. And then your friends, like your best friends and your family don't even listen to it anyway. Uh, but we, we basically landed the whole, a lot of the conversation around this concept of like, when it comes to podcasts, if you, the listener, don't 
retweet it, like it, uh, retweet and comment. And, and tell your friends about it. Nobody's ever going to discover the work that the content creators, the alternative, what I like to call the alternative Buffalo sports content create, creators are providing. So do me a favor. Not only go find Pat Moran and his and his podcast, the Talking Buffalo podcast, and like it and start listening to it, but but retweet it. And do me a favor, retweet mine too. So if you're listening to this, if you want to hit pause, actually, you know what? Your phone is probably set up so you can keep listening while you jump back to Twitter. Jump back to Twitter right now and retweet this podcast. Like it and retweet it and say, hey, whoever my friends are, tag some folks in it. You need to listen to this guy. Let's grow this thing. The season's starting uh, and, and we're all excited. Like I said, we were just talking about the New York Jets and how awful they are and how awful they're going to be. Um, I mean, when you're talking about a team... <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's literally at the point of ridiculous. You're talking about a team that Le'Veon Bell, like I'm not saying he's the greatest running back in the NFL or the NFL has ever seen, but this is a quality talented kid. Like the kid coming from the Steelers was good. He was good. And he sat out an entire year. He gets traded to the jets and his head coach, Adam Gase. I don't want that guy. Made it very clear throughout the year that he didn't want Le'Veon Bell last year on his team. Uh, not so much as vocally saying it, but he vocally inferred it and hinted to it and never took it back. And then, like, last week, what happens? They're having a scrimmage. Le'Veon Bell gets put on the bench or, you know, put on the sideline. And they ask Gase, what a, what, what a joke this, this guy is. They ask Gase, right? Like, what's going on with Le'Veon? Oh, he had some hamstring soreness, some tightness. And Le'Veon immediately tweets out, I've got no soreness in my hamstrings. Like, what a what a freaking dumpster fire it is in New York, or I should say New Jersey. And let's just be honest for a second, Buffalo family. We love it. We absolutely love it. That is our first game. It's, it's literally like, this is our tune-up game, right? The Jets are going to be our tune-up game. And then we get the Dolphins right behind it. And, and just everything that's going on there, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But, like, man, I just cannot. We are inside of two weeks, and I hope you can feel the excitement. And if it's overreaction, then I'll take it. But I'm just excited and ready for the 2020 football season. Uh, before we get into uh, just the topics of the day, I, I just want to just address one quick thing as it pertains to the Dolphins. If you have not heard, uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, quarterback, former starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Ryan Fitzpatrick, his mom passed away. Um, so all of our love, hope, and prayers and condolences go out to Ryan Fitzpatrick and his family. Um, I, it was tragic, and I believe it was unexpected. And, you know, there's nothing like your mom, right? I mean, let's be honest for a second. There's nothing like your mom. And to, to lose your mom, uh, you know, even at a very young age, um, it's just simply tragic. And, yeah, my heart my heart super, super goes out to Ryan Fitzpatrick and his family So and his, and his dad. Um, I couldn't imagine losing my wife. I couldn't imagine losing my mom. Um, I know that it's going to happen someday potentially, um, but it's just one of those things that you just don't ever want to walk through. So when one of our own and Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's be honest for a second, Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of our own. He's he's at this point grafted into the Bills Mafia, into the family of Buffalo. Um, so Ryan, I know you're not listening to this, but if you ever do hear it, man, we're praying for you. We're pulling for you. Um, all of our, our thoughts and prayers go out to you and your family in this time of, of grief. So, um, we'll look forward to getting you back, man, but take as much time as you need. Um, but yeah. So also what I want to talk about today, uh, not today, what am I talking about over the weekend today, over the weekend, a report surfaced that Yannick Ngakwe got traded. Now I know a lot of you had Yannick Ngakwe on your 
want list, right? I know that uh, myself and uh, I had a had an interview uh, over the winter um, with Clayton Garrett, and we both talked about how much we would like to get Yannick Ngakwe in a Buffalo Bills uniform. Um, and it's interesting because I had literally made the comment or the conversation. We had the conversation on the Bills guys Thursday night on YouTube on the YouTube multicast. Um, and uh, Mathis asked the question, Steve, Judge asked the question just as far as, you know, is Yannick somebody that maybe the Bills are working behind the scenes to get? And I was my answer was simple, which was basically, no, I don't I don't think they are. Would I like to have Yannick Ngakwe, a 4-3 defensive end that is a disruptor and a pass a pass? Uh, pass rushing force on my football team. You better believe it. However, I think the Buffalo Bills are, were, and are happy and satisfied with the talent and who they have on their defensive line. What's interesting about it is when you think of the style defense that McDermott likes to run, and by that I mean rolling players, right? I mean, you're talking about, I mean, he rolls players, he keeps people fresh. I don't know that it's inside of, and I could be wrong, you know. I just, I just don't know. I don't know that it's inside of McDermott's scheme and Leslie Frazier's scheme at this point to have like an 80% guy. So a guy that's on the field, 80% of the snaps, making $21 million or $22 million, whatever, whatever Yannick's going to get when he re- finally does re-sign his new contract, um, which will probably be, which will be the next year at this point. Um, I just don't see that fitting as a fit for necessarily something that McDermott wants. And I don't know that it's a fit for, for Yannick. I don't think Yannick would want to come here sign a contract next year, play on his franchise tender, and then and sign a contract next year for $21 million a year and play 50% of the snaps. He's going to want to be in the game. Um, but it's interesting just the the banter that I've seen go back and forth just about how the Bills you know, missed out on a good one. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe effectively went for a 2021 second-round draft pick as well as a 2022 conditional fifth round, which I think I read can work its way all the way up to a third. And it's just interesting because I've seen multiple people tweet just about, you know, Jamal Adams going for two first round picks. And really, we couldn't get Ngakwe like we couldn't do a little bit better than a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 conditional fifth. And I don't think it comes down to that. I think I think there's a lot of things at play. Um, I think the Bills, like I said, are happy with where they are on the defensive line, the talent that they have, um, the money that they have tied up there. And I know what you're thinking. And and believe me, I'm thinking it too. You know, there, we've got money. We've got money to get to, to get back, right? So we've got some players we can let go to get to get money back, whether it's Pat DeMarco, House just left. Um, and obviously, you know, Trent Murphy is one of those guys that we've talked about. And yes, I'm not even like, we're not even, we don't even need to say it. You know, Yannick Ngakwe is absolutely 1,000% an upgrade over Trent Murphy. So we as Bills fans just have to pretty much find ourselves in a place where we're okay with the reality that McDermott and Bean are happy with who they have on this defensive line. And they didn't go after him because they didn't feel the need necessarily to go after him. So it'll be interesting to see what he does up there in Minnesota. They've already got a formidable defense, just like our defense is stout. And yes, this defense would have been better with Yannick on it. Um, You know, the only way this probably would have worked out, if you consider this, I mean, one thing we're, we haven't talked a whole lot about is just the guys we have coming up. So let's think about that for a second. You, you, you trade, you make a trade for Yannick Ngakwe, you give up a 2021 second round pick, a 2022 conditional pick, and it's going to climb into whatever it's supposed to, like the max it could be, because Yannick is a talent. Um, so now you're giving up 
you know, assets, trade assets. You're also, if you're, unless you're going to keep him for one year and hope that like you shoot your shot and make the Super Bowl and win it this year because of Nganik, or Yannick Ngakwe and you let him walk the year after, you're going to, you're talking about resigning him. So now you're talking about resigning him in a COVID based season when like they're already expecting the cap to come down by some $35 million next year. And oh, by the way, we still have to sign Matt Milano. We got, you know, Josh Allen coming up. They're going to give him a fifth year. Uh, uh, they're going to give him his fifth year, uh, whatchamacallit, option. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, who's probably going to end up on his fifth year option. Uh, Tredavious White is coming up. Like the Bills have a lot going on. So I, I think it's, I, th- I don't think it was a fit for a number of reasons. I think between, I think it was just a perfect storm, uh, storm of of why we don't want him. Not 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 want why why we're not going to pursue this deal, even at that cheap of a price. Twenty a twenty twenty one second round pick, a twenty twenty two conditional fifth, which is probably going to turn into a third. We're happy with the guys we have, right? We roll guys and they play fifty to sixty percent of the snaps, not eighty to ninety percent of the snaps, which is what Yannick does. Also, when it comes to re-signing Yannick Ngakwe, we're talking about the fact that we've got a lot of guys that we've drafted that we want to keep, and I just don't know that Yannick fits uh, inside of that salary window that we're trying to live in. So it's just been kind of interesting uh, just seeing the tweets and what's been out on social media. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. You are listening to the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast. You can find me, as always, at Twitter on Twitter. Sorry, on Twitter. Talking too fast. At Joe Miller Wired. We'll be back in a couple. What's going on, everybody? This is Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, and I want to take just a few seconds to talk to you about the Blend Buffalo. Whether you are a self-proclaimed fitness nut or simply love the nutrition a protein bar provides your body in a daily grab-it-and-go snack, I have to tell you that the Blend Bar is exactly what your body's craving. Made in-house by Grandma T with only four all-natural ingredients, these bars are chocked full of goodness. They don't have the excess chemicals and preservatives of a traditional store-bought bar, and believe me when I tell you, these bars are an absolute crowd favorite. Oh, and you want over the top? Check this out. Other than the chocolate chips, the blend bar is gluten-free and completely vegan. Pretty sweet, huh? So before you reach for that candy bar full of sugar and preservatives, give your body what it really wants, a blend bar from the Blend Buffalo. Go to theblendbuffalo.com right now. Type in the promo code GOBILLS and receive free shipping on any order you place. Welcome back into the show, everybody. You are listening to the Overreaction Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. So good to have you. Uh, we're just talking bills. We are two weeks inside of, or inside two weeks uh, before the season starts, the regular season starts, before our first game against the New York Jets right here at Bill Stadium, whatever that means. Uh, the vinyl was going up. So, yeah, they were, they're beginning to put all the logos and the vinyl up on the stadium. But before I get to that, so interesting story. So I was, I was, I was out to dinner uh, with my buddy John Spascheck, the market dominator, uh, who I talk about all the time. All the time, you hear me talk about John all the time, and and the reason I talk about John all the time is because John is a very good friend of mine. Um, and not only is John a good friend of mine, uh, he I'm also a customer, a client of John's. But we were out to dinner uh, the other night over the weekend, and a friend of mine came up, and I saw a friend of mine who I knew was getting ready to sell his house. 
Um, so I just made a quick connection. I was like, I was like, Hey bud. And you know, I'm not going to give any names. So I was like, Hey bud, you know, this is my, my, I know you're getting ready to sell your house. You know, if you want the guy, the best guy in Buffalo, you know, you, you need to come over here and meet, meet my buddy, John. Well, as soon as I said that, I, you know, he, he walked over and I, I just, we just kind of continued the conversation and I, I broached, or I should say, I opened the door and I said, you know, you know, do you currently have an agent? Like, do you have a broker yet? And he goes, no, man, we're, we're just going to, we're going to do it by owner. And let me tell you, <laughs> John, it didn't take John long to convince my friend uh, why the best th- he, thing he should do. It was in his best interest to hire John and allow John to represent him with his house sale. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you any more than this. I'm just going to wrap it up with this. I texted my friend afterwards and I just said, bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, we were talking and we were just kind of, you know, having a good time. And you showed up and when I saw you, like it hit me. And I apologize for just like dropping John on you, like, you know, just that kind of crash course introduction. And like he texted me back and he goes, man, it's all good. He goes, within just a couple minutes of having a conversation with John, I knew that this guy knew what he was talking about. And I'm looking forward to doing business with him. Thanks. Like literally. So I can't speak enough about the market dominator, my buddy, John Spazcheck. If you've got a house to sell or if you're looking to buy a house, if you're in the market, you want to call John. So give John a phone call. I'm going to give you his details one more time. 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. You can e- email him at youreliteproker at gmail.com. And make sure if you reach out to John, you tell him that the the voice, that uh, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, Joe Miller, sent you. So with that, uh, what I want to talk about today and where I want to land I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking a lot about this. And I think the reason I've been thinking about a lot about this is there's several factors, but there's a couple primary ones. The first one being I'm a season ticket holder. So for those of you that don't know, I'm a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills. I, I have been since 1997. The tickets were bought. I believe the history is my grandfather got them uh, at Rich Stadium in 1974, the year after Rich Stadium opened. So the Bills... I don't, I don't think they were very good then, <laughs> but I, I think OJ may have still have been on the team. I'm not, I was born in 73, so this is before me, but my grandfather got the tickets in 74. And back then I think he just walked in and wherever you sat down, if the seat was available, you could have it. So the original tickets that my gra- my grandfather got were on the 48 yard line, visitor side, 32 rows up. Now here's the thing. If anybody ever tells you, if you've never been to Ralph Wilson stadium, rich stadium, uh, Bills Field, Bills Stadium, New Era Field, whatever it's called or going to be called. If you've never been there before, but you've talked to people who are like, yeah, man, I got tickets on the 50. You can look at them in the face and just call them a liar right there. Or if they say, my buddy's got tickets on the 50, there's no tickets on the 50. So there's no seats on the 50. Basically, there's aisles. So both aisles on both sides of the stadium have, or, or both both areas on both sides of the stadium have an aisle on the 50-yard line. Uh, my grandfather's were on, the, were on the 48, 47, 48 yard line, visitor side, non-tunnel side. Uh, he had those tickets until the stadium got reseated when they put the the blue like arena seats in, and we got bumped. I should say my dad and my grandfather got bumped because my dad was buying in with him at the time, and I think this was in the mid 90s, right? Uh, got bumped to where we sit now, which is in the first row of the upper deck, right around the 27, 28 yard line on the visitor side, overlooking the entire field. I love these seats. Well, I started buying in in 1997. So long, that short story long, right? Because I just made that really, really long. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to miss games. Like, I, like, 
this home if I don't get to go see the Jets home opener in two weeks, if the if the Bills play the Jets in this stadium as our home opener in two weeks, and I'm not there, this is the second home only the second home opener I have missed since 1997. Think about that. And oh, by the way, this year there is far more hope and plans and dreams of us being good than we have ever had. The anticipation is oozing out of one Bills drive as far as like where we believe this team is going to be, where they're going, like what they're going to be able to do. So that coupled with, oh, by the way, week two, when the Bills go to Miami, guess what? Miami gets to have fans in the stands. What in the world is that about? So all that, not all that, but that coupled with everything else that's going on got me thinking. I don't know where you where you're at on this whole idea of no fans in the stands. And I think it's peculiar that as more teams announce either that they won't have fans in their NFL stadiums, states won't have fans in their NFL stadiums, a la Las Vegas. Uh, obviously New York and New Jersey is going to follow suit because New Jersey can't make any decisions or make up their mind for themselves. They've got to follow Emperor Cuomo for whatever he says. Sorry, I didn't mean to get political, but you know what I'm talking about. So Jersey and whoever else, you know, with as many teams, that have, the couple of teams that have come out and said that I think California did, California did as well, for the ones that have come out and said, hey, we're not going to allow fans in our stands this year. There's also teams coming out going, hey, we're going to have fans in our stands. So whether it's Kansas City or now the Dolphins who have said, I think the number is 13,000 fans, which isn't a lot. And let's be honest, you know, Kansas City is not Miami and Miami is not Kansas City. You know, Kansas City, if they open up to 13,000 fans or 33,000 fans or 30% or 25%, that stadium is going to be full of red jacketed Kansas City fans. Miami, not so much. We <laughs> we know we know what fans in Miami look like. Fans in Miami generally in that stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, either look like the seat back because they're not sitting in their seats, or they look like fans of the other team because they are. Even with that being said, I feel like the NFL has to either do something or they have to take advantage of the opportunity that they have before them. And there is an opportunity that they have before them, even though it's not necessarily being talked about, even though there is a risk, and even though they'd probably have to figure out some way to negotiate with however many states are represented by the NFL. And I don't know exactly what that number is completely in its entirety, but it's probably in the 20s, right? Considering that certain states have multiple teams. Florida has three, California has three. New York has one, but New Jersey has two, right? So when you think about that, actually, Kansas or Missouri has two. Um, so first things first. I don't believe from a competitive balance standpoint that the NFL can allow fans to be in Kansas City and no fans allowed in Los Angeles for the Chargers games. I don't think the NFL can allow fans to be in Kansas City and no fans to be in Las Vegas for the Raiders games. These are these teams are, you know, they're competitors. They're in a they're they're rivals, division rivals. I don't think that the, the the NFL can allow Buffalo to have no fans against the Jets. And then week two allow whatever number Miami decides to have in their stadium for the Dolphins to play the Bills. This is a competitive advantage. 
So one of two things has to happen. And I think there's hope and there's opportunity on the option A or option B side. So option A for me is I, I just can't see, I could be wrong. I, I say that a lot because I'm wrong a lot. I could be wrong, but I think that I believe that you're going to see a scenario as much as like Miami has said, oh, we're going to allow fans. Kansas City said, oh, we're going to allow fans. I don't believe I've seen anything or read anything anywhere where some sort of ticket distribution has begun to happen. So as a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills, we were told by New York State or by Erie County or by the Bills, there will be no fans allowed in professional sta stadiums for the entire 2020 season. Well, they, they reversed course on that even just last week. So last week they came out and they said, Oh, you know what? There won't be fans in the stands. I think it was Erie County said it. There won't be fans in the stands, at least for the first two games. So they've reversed course, right? A little bit, not a lot. However, even inside of that, if there is hope for us to be able to attend games this year, they haven't really told us whether or not we're going to be able to be in our seats. How do you decide? I'm a season ticket holder. I've paid my money. My tickets are bought. I didn't opt out. I have a lot of friends who are season ticket holders that opted out of the season. I did not. My, I didn't opt out. I just, I was like, no, if there's going to be a chance for me to go to games, I want to be able to go to games. However, there is a great deal of uncertainty as to where I be, I'll be able to sit. If we're social distancing and only 13,000 people can show up, or if there's a percentage number, so if we want to call it 20% or 30%, I don't think it's going to be a situation of a lottery draw because what happens if they lottery draw, draw and luck would happen? My entire section is full and you can't social distance because that's the world that we live in today, right? So when you when you put start putting all these pieces together, it begins to turn into, well, who gets to go to the games and why? And, and where so all that to say this, I haven't seen any I haven't seen any reports on how they're going to dis distribute tickets like for these football games, for the cities that have begun saying that they're going to allow fans in their stadium. So Kansas City says we're going to, and, and, and maybe I've missed it. I just haven't seen it, but we're going to allow fans. And this is how we're going to select the fans that can go. I haven't seen it, which basically throws weight to my argument or my belief or my thought that at some point within the next 10 days, maybe less, maybe this week, the NFL is going to come out and they're going to close the door. You know what? For comp competitive balance reasons, we're going to take it on the chin because every every team that we don't, every team that doesn't have fans is money the NFL loses. We're going to take it on the chin collectively as an entire organization, the, the entire shield, every team, 32 of them. We're not going to allow any fans in for competitive balance reasons. Therefore, there will be no fans until the government, right? Because that's who's ultimately in charge of this thing, says unanimously in, across every state, that it's safe enough for them to have fans in the seats. I think that happens this week. If not this week, then within the next 10 days. I just can't see a scenario where the NFL allows one team to have fans and one team not to have fans, especially if they're division rivals. Like I said, Buffalo, Jets, Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City, LA, Kansas City, Vegas. Just can't see it. But I think there's an opportunity. I think there's a. I think there's something here that the NFL is missing. So it has been widely reported and speculated because there are no true numbers that the NFL is set to lose five point five billion dollars this year, five point five billion dollars this year, which they're going to begin to recoup next year by shrinking the salary cap if COVID is by that chance by or by that time contained. 
Because let's be honest, that's still an enigma as well. Wherever you fall in the COVID spectrum, green, yellow, red, it's completely real and people are dying and you're a not a truther but a denier, whatever whatever those people are called that don't believe it's real and they believe it's a big conspiracy, which it's not. I've said that on this show a hundred times. It's not a conspiracy. Regardless of where you fall in the COVID spectrum, there's no guarantees that in 2021 we'll have a vaccine and the it, the virus will be gone. Like that's not guaranteed. As much as like the media tells us that, oh, by 2021 in January we should have a vaccine. That no, they, there's a lot of things out there they don't have vaccines for. So just to assume that they're going to find a cure to this thing by January of 2021 is a little ahead of ourselves. And I'm not trying to bring everybody down. That's not necessarily what my point is. My point is this. I think there's an opportunity being missed. I think, I think, and I believe personally, and I could be wrong. I've said that like 18 times on this episode. I think that NFL football, professional sports can happen. I think they can be, they can be done safely. And I think they can be done strategically with social distancing. First and foremost, starting in the luxury boxes. There's no reason that the luxury boxes in any professional stadium need to be closed for a professional sports game. They're basically in their own rooms together. Right? So you do what we do in every single work office environment that we have in the country right now is, you know, everybody comes in and they have their temperature taken and they sign a little waiver saying they haven't been around anybody that's, you know, got COVID. They don't have a fever. They haven't had a fever in the last four days, blah, 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 blah. Right? So essentially that part is taken care of if we're letting people in the luxury boxes. And oh, by the way, the owners make 100% of that money, at least in the NFL. So you open up the luxury boxes immediately. Now, the open air portion of the stadium is where it gets a little bit sketchy. And it gets sketchy for a couple of reasons, basically because it's hard to determine where people can sit and actually be properly socially distanced, right? Not to mention you're going to have rule breakers. You're going to have people. There was the report that they had fans at one of the Kansas City Chiefs practices, 13,000 fans or something like that. And there was a report that a bunch of them took their masks off. So it gets a little bit trickier when it comes to where fans are going to sit inside the stadium and how we're going to distance them and blah, 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 blah. But these are huge open air facilities. Even the ones that are domed are still open when you think about how massive these environments are. But I think there's an opportunity being missed. I think the NFL absolutely, if they're not already, which they probably are behind the scenes, we're just not getting reports of it. I think they need to be lobbying the cities that are red. And what I mean by red, they're like, no, we're we're to stop, right? So we're not yellow, we're not green. So green cities would be Florida, who's like, hey, come have fans in the stands, who cares? Yellow would be, you know, uh, states that are like, I'm not really sure if we should or not. We're going to take our leads from the federal government, or we're going to take our lead from the state next to us, or New Jersey, right? New Jersey's probably yellow. They're not sure what to do. We're going to do whatever New, New York does. And then there's red states. Not red meaning Republican. Red meaning stop. No. New York is a red state. Not going to have fans. Right now, Las Vegas, Nevada is red. They're not going to have fans. California is a red state. Not going to have fans. I think the NFL should be lobbying all of the states, petitioning all of the states and saying, hey, look, we're going to come up with a strategy. Now, stick with me. I know that I'm getting long-winded on this thing. I'm almost done. I think the NFL can come up with a strategy and they can sell this strategy to the states that basically says, look, we're going to come in at either 25% capacity or 30% capacity, not including luxury suites. 
because luxury suites are already distanced, walled off, glass, whatever, however they're done. We're going to come in with a plan at 25%, 30% capacity. We're going to section off, you know, we're going we're to tell all the season ticket holders, and I would be okay with this. We're going to tell all the season ticket holders for every one of our teams, you know what? You haven't opted out possibly. So, let me start that over. We're going to tell all the season ticket holders, hey, those of you that have opted out, great. We'll see you next year. Those of you that have not opted out, my, that would be me, you haven't opted out. However, we're going to opt you out of this year. We're going to opt you out of this year based on everything that's going on. And as a season ticket holder, this is what I'm telling you I would be okay with. We're going to opt you out because this is what we're going to do. We're going to, because I want to go to games. Well, Joe, you've got season tickets. How would you be okay if they opted you out and said you couldn't come? Well, listen, let me finish. We're going to opt you out. To be able to allow fans into the stadium, we're going to opt out all of our season ticket holders across the board in every stadium. Then what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to approach the the states involved and we're going to come to them with a, with a plan to be at either 25% or 30% capacity and we're going to choose the state we're going to choose the seats rather strategically on where those people are going to sit in in clusters or clumps, right? So two seats, three seats, four seats, five seats or however it looks, right? So whether it's a situation where you're going with your girlfriend and you're buying two seats or you're going with you know, four of your family members and you're buying five seats or however it works out, they're going to sell these seats in blocks. And I don't know, they're smarter than I am, so they can figure this stuff out. However, they're, they're going to they're, they're gonna predetermine what seats are open and what seats are closed. This isn't abnormal. This is what we're currently doing in churches. This is what we're currently doing in restaurants. You go into restaurants, you see certain booths taped off, right? When movie theaters open, this is what's going to happen in movie theaters. So the, the government says, or I should say the NFL says, season ticket holders, you're, you're opted out. We've opted you out for this year. But we want, we're doing this because we want you to be able to go to football games. And oh, by the way, we'll give you first shot at tickets. Because they do that anyway. The NFL gives me first right or first opportunity to buy single game tickets because I'm a season ticket holder. So I get that perk now. So season, Mr. Season Ticket Holder guy, Mr. Season, Mrs. Season Ticket Holder girl, you're opted out. However... We're going to go to the states with a plan to get 25%, 30% capacity in our stadiums based on seating arrangements that we have predetermined. And oh, by the way, you're going to get first shot. And this is what we're going to do in order to try to recoup some of the money that we're going to lose. And you're not going to recoup it all because when it comes to revenue inside the stadiums, multiple things go into it besides just the price of the ticket. It's also concessions, which the owners keep 100% of. So they split the tickets. So whatever the ticket cost is or whatever the ticket gener generation revenue generation is it gets split between the two teams but the concessions the, the home team keeps all of that parking the home team keeps all of that uh, apparel and like novelty things and whatever else that they're selling the home team keep home team keeps all of that but here's the thing if there's no fans in the stands there's no money to split and if there's no fans in the stands there's no concessions there's no parking there's nobody buying jerseys or t-shirts or hats from the little booze that they have, right? So the NFL is going to go to the states. This is what I think they should do. Go to the states. We're going we're to come, come up with a plan at 25%, 30%. And they can even, they can they can ratchet it. Like, literally, like, we have a plan for 35%. We've got a plan for 30%. We've got a plan for 25%. We've got a plan for 20%. And we're going to let you, the state, determine. 
And as long as it's inside of this range of 20% to 35%, every, every stadium is going to have fans in it, as long as every state agrees. And we're coming down to the wire. I don't, I don't even know that this is possible to work out, but I, my hope is that somebody is smarter than me and has been working on this for the last three months. So we're going to predetermine where the seats are going to be electronically because computers are awesome. We've opted out all of our season ticket holders. However, we're going to give them first right of refusal for, to buy tickets. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to sell. So if we're at 30% capacity, we're going to take the average price of a ticket in our stadium. And we're going to triple it. Wait, what? Think about this. The average price of a ticket in Ralph Wilson or whatever the stadium is called, New York, the Bill Stadium, is $75. So you're talking about a ticket being $225 a piece. Which on a normal Sunday, when the Bills have the Jaguars coming in week 10 of the season and the stadium is two-thirds full, you're probably not paying that. But the reality is, is if there's only 30% of the seats left or 30% of the seats available at all to anybody, the laws of supply and demand would say that I promise you there are 30% of the people that could fill that stadium and pay 225 bucks per ticket. And they do that across the board, across the country. Everywhere in the country, every stadium, if it's 30%, they, they take the average price of a ticket, not including the luxury suites and the luxury boxes, average price in, in our stadium at $75, they triple it and they sell those tickets. Supply and demand, I promise you. I'm a season ticket holder, and the games that I don't want to go to, I sell my tickets on StubHub, wherever. It is not difficult for me to get $300 per seat for my tickets. And that's when the bills suck. So, no, I'm not saying that this could somehow, like, generate $5.5 billion, but it's going to get us closer. So if they did this, so if they went to 25%, you know what, uh, uh, Nevada says, hey, we're not good at, we're not comfortable at 30%, so we're going to do 25%. Well, then what that team would do, the Raiders would do, is they would make each ticket the average price four times, right? And as much as Buffalo is a one of the smaller markets in the NFL, and it's not exactly a a city that's has a booming economy and we've got a, you know, the Boca Raton isn't down the street in Buffalo. The reality is, is there are cities in this country. California has them. Florida has them. There's cities in this country. Texas has them where if, even if the stadium was like, you know what, or the state was like, you know what, we'll do 20%. And therefore it's retroactive. The team says, that's right. 20%. That's those defense we're going to allow in. We're going to go five times the average ticket price. I promise you there's guys there's people in these other states that that would be able to afford those tickets. Now, could everybody in Buffalo? I don't know. I don't know if there's 20% of the fans that are willing to pay whatever that number is, five times the price, $300, 375 per ticket. Maybe. Maybe. But if they did this, they could at least leverage themselves back towards that $5.5 billion that they're set to lose completely. Now, obviously, you're talking about taking a hit on concessions, parking, and everything else. So, so concessions are going to be off by 60%, right? Immediately, 70% or or whatever that number is. Concessions are going to be off. But you're at least going to recoup some of that revenue. So now that $35 million cap draw from next year maybe looks more like $25 million or $20 million, maybe $15 million. I'm just, I'm just asking for something. Like, is there something that we can do? Now, clearly, and I was talking to Bruce Nolan about this today, and he brought up a really good point. The biggest point and the biggest concern isn't necessarily 
when it comes to opening these stadiums up, what we think it is that it's like, you know, there's certain states that are a little more restrictive and they're a little more concerned, and we'll call them the blue states. The blue states are a little more concerned with some of these epidemics and outbreaks, you know, California. It's it's the big ones, right? New York State, blah, 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 blah. And his point was is it's, it's not necessarily that, like, New York has more restrictions. The real concern is the fact that states like New York have real opportunities that if somebody gets COVID— that there's an opportunity for you to sue the Buffalo Bills or sue the state or sue the county from a, from a from a litigation standpoint. There's just more opportunity for litigation. So clearly there's going to have to be some sort of waiver figured out or there's going to have to be some sort of release that you sign. And the funny thing about releases is everything that we do in this world requires a release. Go on a helicopter ride. You got to sign a release. I'm going, go to Myrtle Beach with my family. I'm going to take a helicopter ride around the beach. I got to sign a release. What, are you planning on crashing this thing? You, you sign a release when you buy an airplane ticket. You don't realize you do, but you do. I'm not, this isn't, if you think about this, this is not outside the world of possibility. This is, this is legitimately possible. And all I'm asking for is a shot. Just give me a shot to get in a game. Just give me a shot. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Miller. The Overreaction Sports Podcast is brought to you by the Market Dominator. Do me a favor, give my buddy John Spazcheck a call. You've also been listening to the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. You know what? There is a ton of good stuff going on inside the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. We got, we got brand new, fresh content coming at you seven days a week on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. We also have... Brand new content coming at you seven days a week on the YouTube, the Fanatics YouTube multicast platform, which is live every single night at nine o'clock uh, on YouTube. It's live on Facebook. It's live on Twitter. All, if you are looking for alternative sports, Buffalo content, Buffalo Bills content, you don't have to look any further than Buffalo Fanatics. Uh, do me a favor. Uh, catch my buddy Jay Spence on the Hump Day Hot or the Hump Day Online. Check, catch my buddy Jay Spence on the Code of Conduct podcast on Wednesdays. And then catch me with Jay Spence uh, on the Hump Day Hotline. That's where I was going with it. I was trying to promo the Hump Day Hotline. Some, somehow I ended up with Jay Spence in the Code of Conduct and just messed the whole thing up. So this is what happens when you don't do a whole lot of editing inside of your show. Anyways, all that to say this. Start joining us on, look forward to joining us on the Hump Day Hotline on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, on the Buffalo Fanatics channels, all across social media where you can find it. Uh, with that, I appreciate you guys. I thank you so much for listening in. We will talk to you guys very, very soon. Uh, next week, check this out. So next week, I'm super excited to let you know that next week, the last week without football, I'm going to have the gentleman on my show that I was talking about earlier, Pat Moran. Pat Moran is going to join me next week. So if you are a big Pat Moran fan, uh, do me a favor. Be sure to bookmark, subscribe, check in, set your calendar, whichever, whatever you got to do. I'm going to have Pat Moran on the show. And here's the thing. If you're not a Pat Moran fan or you don't know who Pat Moran is, I promise you, after I have him on my show next week, you're going to be a Pat Moran fan. So do me a favor. Do not miss next week's show. With that, I love you guys. As always, this has been a lot of fun. Look forward to talking to you next time. Go Bills. Bills.